everyone, welcome to the master class. It's one thirty, so it's time for class. My name is uh, Daryl Kwa. I'm here. I'm in here for uh, Yalbana Four. Uh, to continue our insightful weekly discussions, uh, things that would benefit you as a business person or as an individual. And uh, over the last three weeks, we've had uh, great conversations with Yao Latte, who is partner at Deloitte, uh, Ghana. He's been talking about... Uh, building a credible business plan um week before last we continued on the same line of conversation talked about financing options for smes uh first we looked at the challenges finding financing then he went on to talk about actual sources uh, some of the challenges he enumerated were high interest rates insufficient collateral uh, not enough business angels uh, sources he mentioned examples such as microfinance institutions government schemes government guarantees banks crowdfunding last week we talked about tax compliance issues for smes in that conversation we uh, were privileged to have gil betty renchi ado also of deloitte ghana talk to us about tax obligations and the best way to oblige them he distinguished between direct tax and indirect tax and explained other concepts in taxation. One strong point uh, he made with state with us was that if you want to be successful in your business, then you must pay attention to your taxes, pay attention to your taxes and uh, get professional help. The same way insurance has brokers, tax management also has advisors who can hold your hand through uh, the process. Well, today uh, we are dealing with a new topic and I'm, and I'm excited about that. Uh, because we have in studio uh, Dennis, who is uh, a senior manager in the financial advisory business unit in Deloitte. He has over 12 years experience working with three out of the big four accounting firms in Ghana. He is uh, involved in the provision of a range of investment advisory services, mainly to corporate investors, lenders and investee companies. These include financial due diligence reviews, business plan preparation, feasibility studies and the value for uh, money reviews, business valuations, financial modeling and deal structuring and negotiation support. What don't you do, Dennis? You have a long list of what you do. But uh, Dennis Brown, uh, financial advice, you do at Ghana. Great to have you in studio. We are here to talk about um, what lenders and investors want to know. What lenders and investors want to know. Uh, so grateful to have you in studio with us, Dennis Brown. Also, uh, Institute of Chartered Accountants Ghana, a member of the Chartered Institute of Taxation. Hope you're having a great day so far. Yeah, it's been, it's been okay. <laughs> it's been okay. Um, you, you sound a bit modest about it, but you're welcome to the master class. Um, as we, I've said, we've had insightful discussions with um, our guests from Deloitte the whole of this month. And so I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation about what lenders and investors want to know. And just remind you that you can join us on Facebook because uh, we are streaming live uh, so that you can have the audiovisual experience. And so uh, I'm going to uh, just straight into the conversation with uh, you, um, Dennis. So we've talked about building a business plan and all of that. How does a company build a good credit history? Well, um, basically by um, ensuring that in their loan relationships, they do not go for more than what they can absorb. Mm. You know, that then gives you opportunity to repay the loan as scheduled. And over time, if you've been in a number of loan relationships, then you would have charted a good history about it. You know, uh, in our system and in many other systems, uh, credit bureaus collate information 
on you know uh, 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 credit those that have access credits mm -hmm. and they are able to you know put out a report on what your credit history has been and, and, it, and it goes to the heart of your credibility so it's important that at key stages of your business you when you want to access a, a, a funding you access funding that you can pay and then you take you know then you grow organically into it over time with your credit history with the credibility that you have uh, built over over, over 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 time you'll be able to access higher you know levels of funding because then you are growing along the line and and that's that's one one key thing investors want to see all right uh, and that's just one of several questions i'm sure will pop up uh, during this time that you uh, make your presentation so um i'm giving it to you to start with your presentation where do we start from okay um as you indicated we are here today to discuss what investors and lenders want to know and in this case want to do about your business okay and what we then mean is that what are the key things they consider before they invest in your business okay our target today mainly are smes but a lot of the things we'll discuss here today will apply to other businesses as well and before we do that let's try and set the context so that you know uh, we can, can tailor the discussions to 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 the benefit of our viewers and listeners so i would like to revisit what probably you may have discussed with Yao the other day in terms of what the funding options are for SMEs. And as you indicated, I think that has been discussed already, so I'm just going to touch on them briefly without even explaining because that has been properly flogged in previous you know, sessions. So we are, we are talking about microfinance institutions. These type of institutions specializes in providing uh, funding for SMEs. You know, they are regarded as institutions that have build the competencies to understand the risk and opportunities in the SME sector mm. and therefore are able to design tailor-made credit products to you know uh, serve the SME sector so that's a very important you know source of capital for SMEs then you can look at government schemes where government provide uh, various funding schemes and and uh, that are targeted at particular businesses sometimes in you know uh, certain segments of the economy and all of this are usually linked to a bigger strategic objective that the government wants to achieve, whether it is injecting growth in a particular sector of the economy, whether it is to help a particular segment of the market, whether it's youth, you know, uh, in business, women in business, all these things are properly defined when it comes to government uh, schemes. Sometimes governments work with private sector to provide guarantees. That's how they facilitate for private sector to provide funding to SMEs. So in that in that instance, they are not providing the funding themselves as you'd see with government schemes, government funding schemes, but they are rather guaranteeing for private sector to provide that funding support. Then there are a set of uh, equity capital providers. When we say equity capital providers, these are capital providers that want to provide capital in exchange for ownership interest in your business. Mm. It's very important to differentiate that from debt capital providers. Debt capital providers are your banks and microfinance institutions that want to give you a loan for you to repay back at a certain interest cost to you. But equity providers, they want to provide capital to you in exchange for ownership interest in your business. And there are three types that we can talk about. We have private equity firms. These are you know, very organized firms that uh, raise funds from uh, wealthy uh, individuals and corporates uh, for purposes of investing equity in other businesses. Okay, and that is the modus operandi. Typically, they target very well-established businesses with established track record. They like to deal with that end of the market. Then you have venture capitalists who are also 
uh, providers of equity capital, but they like to deal with startups and businesses or small businesses at you know, very early stages of the their maturity curve. Okay, so typically for those type of businesses, they don't have you know significant history for you to rely on. So the scrutiny then will be more on their business plans. Mm-hmm. You have a business plan as a startup, and so that will be scrutinized a bit more because there's no history to look at. That's the modus operandi of uh, venture capitalist, right? They focus on that segment of the market. Then you have strategics. When we say strategics, they are companies or businesses just like you know your business. You know, for purpose of our, our listeners, our target market is SMEs, but of, of course other business types as well. Right. So these are other companies that may do the same things with you or not, or they may be in the same value chain with you or not. So they are either investing for purposes of profit or for other strategic reasons. It could be that they want to consolidate market shares. So since you do the same thing with them, they would like to acquire you to consolidate and increase that market share. It could be that you are in that uh, a value chain with them, so you could be a supplier to them or a distributor of their product. In order for them to have a bit more control, they would like to invest, provide capital, so they can have a bit more control you know, over their, their supply chain and their route to market in this instance. So those are what we call strategics, other businesses that can also provide uh, equity capital you know, into, into other businesses. Then we've got what we call crowdfunding. Crowdfunding, specifically, uh, I see see it's not very common in this market, but in other markets where it's prevalent, uh, there's a platform which is normally internet-based where you can list your business ideas and projects and you are open to or you have access to a large number of people that are also accessing the platform. Okay, and in that instance, uh, these are not wealthy individuals, but because of the the, the sheer number of people, you are able to achieve your uh, objective, your capital objective, through, you know, like what you say, little drops of water uh, makes a mighty ocean, you know, to put it literally. That's crowdfunding. Um, Then we've got um, 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 the banks, the traditional banks as we know it, the difference between them and the microfinance institutions is that they typically deal with large corporates, but these days it's not unusual for you to have a desk in a bank that is trying to, you know, uh, 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 generate value from segments of the SME market. So it, 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 it could be integrated in there. And then, of course, you have grants. Grants, like some people say, free money. But I, I see that free is, is, is you know, is in quotation marks. It's not exactly free because there's a, a very rigorous process that you usually have to go through to assess grants. Okay, and that means you'd have to invest in that process. So you, you incur some costs at the back end in order for you to meet the criteria to assess grants. So let's say that context. These are all you know, options available for, for capital, for accessing capital, you know, by SMEs. Okay, it's important we do that. Now, these uh, various options uh, can be collapsed into three main categories. So, they are either equity capital, which is seeking to acquire uh, ownership interest in your business, mm-hmm. or their debt capital, which is only being given, you, being given to you for you to pay back with interest, or their grants which I've said is, you know, quote-unquote free. You are not expected to pay back. You're not expected to pay the interest. You're not expected to pay back the uh, principal, but you're expected to meet a certain, you know, uh, a, a detailed criteria in order to access it. And, and so you'd have to go a very rigorous, go through a very rigorous process to access grants. And, and that's very important for us to lay as well. Now, uh, at this point, maybe we'd want to, understand what goes into the decision making for capital providers 
or uh, uh, financiers, right? And we'll look at it from two, two main uh, angles uh, as to whether it is equity capital, that's one, or debt capital, okay? okay. Uh, in most parts, these two types of capital providers go through the same process or similar process, let me say similar process, right? Uh, but at key stages of the process, they tend to look out for slightly different things. And this is in line with their investment objective. For instance, uh, equity capital providers are very much interested in investing equity, investing in your business, and you know, seeing to it that their investment grows you know, with the business. So that uh, today they want to invest 200,000 in your business, and they are interested in ensuring that in five years time that 200,000 you know multiplies to 600,000 and at that point if they want to exit they can then sell their stake at that at that rate and and then we show that over the five years they've actually multiplied their 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 investment by you know uh, three times mm -hmm. right but debt capital provider they are not interested so much in the growth of your business right i mean in part they can say yes we are helping you to grow but their key interest has yeah, to do with yes and, and the cash flows that you generate right they are very much interested in the cash flows that you even more so than your profits because for them if i give you the money and, I, and i'm expecting you to pay over five ten years i need to you know and uh, be, be convinced that over the next five ten years you'll be able to generate you know adequate cash flows to pay me even if you run into challenges and you are unable to generate the profits that you think or you envisage you will, they want to be assured that you'll be able to generate the cash flows, adequate cash flows to pay them. They wouldn't take you know, the kind of risks that equity providers will take, which is to own a piece of the cake. Mm -hmm. And when you're owning a piece of the cake, it comes with the inherent risk and opportunities. Okay, so in most parts, they follow the same process, which I'll divide into two main phases. Right, but they would have, you know, they would have about six stages. In, in the first phase, it, it, the, the, the stages would include a review, preliminary review, initial review of uh, documentation or, fin or records of your, of your business. It's very important. At that initial review stage, the review is, is mainly high level. And that high level review is only to help them form their initial impression of, of the business. So, what kind of business model are you are you running? What, what are the strategies that you're adopting? Where are you taking the business? Uh, where have you brought the business over the last uh, few years from? And where are you taking it, right? It will help them form an initial view of whether this is something they can work with. And post that, they'll make you an offer. If you call it an initial offer or mm -hmm. preliminary offer. That acceptance of that offer does not constitute a contract. The acceptance of that offer does not constitute a contract. It only, it's, it's, it's like a key that unlocks the next stage so if you accept then we can proceed from this stage which is the second stage uh, which i've said uh, uh, you know making you a preliminary offer we proceed from that stage to a due diligence stage at the due diligence stage there will be a much more detailed review of whatever information they, they would have received at the initial stage that's the company's books yes yeah, the company's books so at the initial stage they may just ask for you know a high level financials uh, your business plan financial model and they will form the initial you know uh, view of it but at the due diligence stage now do not only request request for detailed data that supports those documents 
but will be engaging you quite often, asking questions on how you came about, you know, some of the assumptions, some of the damn mess, uh, to, to, you know, satisfy themselves that, you know, uh, there are no hidden risks anywhere that will come back to bite them. So at that third stage, the due diligence, there's a bit more detailed review compared to the, you know, initial state. Now, let me return to the very first stage and state a differentiator there in terms of equity capital providers and uh, debt capital providers. At that first stage, uh, debt capital providers will not be interested in the val value of your business. They are not interested in the value of your business because they are not buying a portion of your business. They are only loaning money to you for you to pay back over a certain period of time. Good. But equity capital providers will be very much interested in your, in your, in your value. And at that point, uh, if you have gone through the process, you would also understand that you should be throwing the value at them. Mm -hmm. That's, well, I need equity capital. And if I need equity capital, I must be ready to offload a portion of my business to you. So I'm offering you 10% in exchange of uh, 200,000 cities. If that is the case, you valued your business at 2 million. Right, so you're saying the value of your business is 2 million. If they give you 200,000, that is 10% of your business. And that is what you are putting on the table. So at that point, at that initial stage, equity capital providers will request, in addition to the things that they request, you know, the valuation of your business. How have you valued your business? They'll try to understand the assumptions that have gone in there. And it's very important for them because at the tail end, they are seeking to buy a portion. And you need to know the price before you buy. And okay. that's where the valuation comes in. So that's a key differentiator for that first stage. Well, I, I hope I'm not jumping the gun, but mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to find out at what point do you advise uh, an SME to open up to equity financing or debt financing? I mean, what should inform that decision? Um, uh, really, uh, if, if, well, if I think of equity funding, right, not only do you benefit from, uh, not only do you benefit from the, the cash or the capital that you need, mm -hmm. um, equity providers, are very are very technical people normally before they, they invest in a sector before they invest in a the sector they would have adequate knowledge about that sector so their expertise that they can bring and because they they, they they own a portion of the business they will actually apply those expertise they will form part of decision making and ensuring that you benefit from those expertise and and they can help you you know grow very well right so for me at, at that sme stage I, i'll say that uh, if, if you are seeking to grow to the next stage, you should focus a bit more on equity capital, right? Uh, loans in particular, I'll say, um, are more suitable to large corporates. They, they have over time developed the muzzle. Uh, sometimes they have stable market shares. They are very dominant in the market and they easily generate the cash flows they need because cash flow is very important in approaching uh, debt capital, right? So mm -hmm. I, I would advise that at, at, at very early stages, you do not absorb so much debt. You rather look at partnership that can help you grow, and in this case, you should look at you know equity capital more. No, so it's not the case that maybe one has uh, much more advantage over the other. Um, not really. I think I think it, it, it relates more to the business itself. That's the, the investing company, yeah. the situation of the. So if, if a large corporate that you know is, can easily run a project and, and and generate you know adequate cash flows, you probably won't think you know you need another partner per se. Right, and also the the, the risk with a, a, a debt capital is that you have to commit to to repay. It's not a function of whether your business is making profit or not. You sign an agreement, and so you have to commit to pay. And you are, you are probably going to have to put in assets to secure the 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 the, 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 the loan. So you assets that belongs to the business, you would have to you know put in in the collateral, and they are locked up in there. 
and you may not be able to access fund, uh, additional funding if you need it because you 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 you've locked up those assets okay right. and so uh, it 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 can be very very you know difficult for smes especially uh, you know businesses that are small and at the early, very early stages of, of the maturity curve right i would right. say that uh, uh, debt capital is for businesses that are very well established and you know cash flows are not are not uh, an issue for them all right so yeah. we continue from there yes right. good so uh, i talked about the first phase of the process which is from uh, initial review of documentation which is high level at that point uh, at which point i stated that the differentiator there is that the equity capital provider would request for valuation of your business and any documents that support that value then they will make you an initial offer both uh, uh, types of capital providers will make you an initial offer based on the preliminary review then your acceptance of that offer will usher you into the next stage which is the due diligence stage, which you know entails a far more detailed review of your financial records and documentation, right? Mm-hmm. At that stage, too, the differentiator really is is that the uh, equity capital providers will do a far more detailed work on your company compared to uh, debt capital providers. Well, debt capital providers are you know largely focused on cash flows. This business idea, this proposal, this project is it likely to generate the cash flows that we need okay so to the extent that uh, they are satisfied after looking at certain documents they can go ahead and and, and go to the next stage but for equity capital provider because their interest is to own a portion of the business and when they do that they're actually owning all the risks and opportunities that it comes with they would want to lay bare all the aspects of the business mm-hmm. And it can run from them commissioning financial due diligence, which is to look at your financials. They will look at tax reviews. They can look at legal reviews. They can look at commercial due diligence, which is like a market assessment to test the assumptions in your business plan. You can you can you can be in, a, in an industry that has been hard hit by COVID, right. and yet and then the industry is actually contracting or growing by let's say two percent, and yet your business plan is saying that whilst being in that industry, you will grow by fifty percent every year of course it's not impossible it, it can it, it can be that you have a very unique business model that can help you achieve that but the point is that that will be questioned and it will be scrutinized and, and this is where uh, your credit history matters right uh, because i started the show by asking you what uh, makes uh, a good credit history yes yes of course over there too it, it's as part of the reviews the debt cap, uh, uh, capital providers would look at your credit history because they they want to be interested they are interested in ensuring whether you have the credibility to carry on research areas. so if, if you've taken uh, loans in the past and you've paid them smoothly no issues mm-hmm. then of course they are ready to 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 play ball with you but if they check your credit history and all the three loans that you picked in time past ended up in the court before uh, you paid <laughs> and you are probably battling another one you know currently then of course it's a major red flag for them they, they, they may stop the process at that point or probably include very stringent conditions to ensure that they do not fall fall prey to that kind of situation uh-huh all right so uh, and that's how it goes. So at, at that stage, the equity capital providers are saying will do a, a bit more, far more, if I know a bit more, far more detailed work because they want to lay bare all aspects of your business and make sure that they, they, there's no you know significant risk that passes them by because once they pay, they pay to own. They are not guaranteed profits because all the profits you know uh, uh, projected are expectations and that's that's what they are they are they are they are, they are taking their decision on. They can get in there and there will be no profits year after year. There's nothing they can do. 
you own a part of the business you only get profit when profit is generated and when the board decides that that profit should be repatriated to to shareholders and that's why they take their time to do detailed work before they they they, they jump right now so that's the first phase and there's the similarities and the differentiators you know uh, across that phase the second phase is where let me take let me take take it one after the other for the debt capital providers once they, they've completed their detailed review which is the due diligence review the next thing that is important for them is security or guarantees what guarantees can they put in place to ensure that you know they recover their money so at that stage they'll be discussing collateral what assets do you have available to secure the the the, the loan is it cash? Is it non-cash? They'll be very happy if the, the, the security or the collateral you have is cash. Because cash, it means that they register their interest in there. Once something happens, it's very liquid already. They can just, you know, resort to it. But they can also consider non-cash like properties. Uh, for that, they'll, they'll look at whether there's market for that kind of asset that they can easily trade to recover their money. Should, should, should you, you know, should you renege on your obligation, right? Uh, they'll look at the value. Of, of, of that property or collateral and ask themselves whether the value today will be enough to cover the exposure that they are putting themselves through, right? Okay. In terms of the, the money that they are giving you, okay? Um, they, 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 so that, that's on the uh, 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 debt capital yeah. uh, uh, providers. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, they, at that point, they are very interested in the security that you bring on board. And they, sometimes they can ask for corporate guarantees right the corporate guarantees typically you have a sister company or a parent company that's large enough that have the credibility that can then guarantee for you that give give them the loan should they should they renege on the obligation i'll take the liability mm. that's a corporate guarantee and sometimes they can look at you know where some of these things are not available they'll put stringent conditions in the the final offer that they'll give you you know including the, maybe an option for you to open an a, 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 a receivables account with them where all your credit customers will pay you know uh, towards your receivables in that account so that they have control over it you know so uh, they, they are very much interested in the security of the facility at that point in time once they go go past that stage then they can make you the final offer they make you the final offer if you are happy with the terms and conditions you sign normally there'll be conditions precedent so you go ahead and meet all the conditions precedent and then the funds will be released for you okay that's that's typical for debt cap debt capital providers in that second phase for the equity capital providers providers in that second phase after the due diligence they they, they are likely to uh, make you a, a binding offer immediately after the due diligence process okay remember the offer they made you they made they made to you uh, in that second stage was non-binding it was only for you to accept so they can, they can continue the process so in this second phase that first stage in that second phase they make you a binding offer at that point they feel they have enough information to make a binding offer so they, they, will, they will inculcate all the risk that they, they would have identified and valued and they would have reflected same on the value of your business so that offer will indicate that, well, you wanted, for instance, as an example, you wanted 200000 for 10% of your business. We will give you that 200000 but for 5% of your business, because we think that your business is worth $1 million, mm -hmm. not $2 million, as you initially, you know, uh, 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 proposed. And that would be because they've identified some risks that they would have valued and reflected or adjusted on the, the valuation that, you know, you brought to them. And that typically would usher into a negotiation and deal structuring phase.
because you are not likely to be smiling to every term in that fine in that in that binding offer right for instance your value has been slashed by half so you are going to have to go to the negotiation table and typically at that stage if the two parties are willing to do a deal if the two parties are willing to do a deal then they are going to come to some sort of compromise and then you know they end up signing a deal uh, you, you <laughs> talked about terms and conditions um, i just by way of education, what, what are some of the terms and conditions you expect? I'm asking because maybe maybe under equity funding, um, the investor doesn't get value for the money invested in the company. What are some of the conditions uh, attached to these agreements? I mean, okay, so I mean, at, at the at the at the uh, the foremost, they, like I said, they will state that they are ready to give you the money you want for a certain percentage of the business. There are certain conditions that they will put in that agreement. For instance, the fact that they want a board representation so that they can take part in, you know, decision making. Mm-hmm. You know, at the very apex of that decision making structure. Okay. okay. That's one thing they require. Equity capital providers would request for. They may also see certain things that, at the time of the review, are unable to to value. They know that these things are a risk, but they are unable to estimate its impact on the value of your business. So, uh, uh, some some of them could be things that could crystallize post signing of the the, the agreement. Right? It right. looks like there's a, there's a risk. Like let's say you are in court, somebody has taken you to court. We don't know what the, the end will be, but uh, it's been estimated that should you lose, you are going to have to pay uh, uh, five million CDs. Right? They are going to include conditions in that agreement to say that well. Uh, we are not certain as to whether this is going to happen. But should it happen after we have signed the agreement, it's going to be your liability. Okay. Okay. Dennis Brown is my guest uh, this afternoon on the Masterclass. We are discussing uh, what lenders and investors want to know. Uh, the Masterclass live on Joy 99.7 FM. We're also streaming live on our Facebook platform that is Joy 99.7 FM. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to open the phone lines for you to ask your questions as well as, uh, yeah, uh, make contributions if you have any. Uh, the lines will be 0302216541, for calls. And if you want to send a message, 055-1111997, 055-1111997. We've got more after this break. Stay with us. favorite on-air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 99.7 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 551 97 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. All right, welcome back to the Masterclass on Joy 99.7 FM. The Masterclass is brought to you by Guel, Guel Energy, Guel Yanarayandia, and GSB Bank, uh, your bank for life. Guel has good news for you. Guel is rewarding its uh, 
prepaying gold card customers with two pesos discount per liter on fuels. You also can enjoy a discount on lubricants at Guel stations nationwide. Elevate your goodness by joining Guel Go Club today and enjoy up to three pesos per liter discount on fuel, amazing discount on lubricant purchases, free life insurance cover provided by uh, My Life Insurance, accrue and contribute uh, loyalty points to a social group to fund and uh, to fund unapproved CSR projects and above all, enjoy exclusive Goal branded campaign gifts. Join the Go Club by visiting Goal stations or offices, Goal website, uh, registration.goal.com.gh, and all Goal social media platforms. Individuals, corporate, family, and social groups join the Goal Club now. Goal, good energy, Goal, Yanara uh, India. Uh, in studio with me is Dennis Brown. Uh, who is senior manager at Deloitte Ghana? We are discussing what lenders and investors want to know. And these days of uh, economic squeeze, I mean, people don't give out money any anyhow, and so they are interested in what you're doing with your business. We've talked about grants. We've talked about um, equity uh, funding as well as debt funding. Uh, we're uh, in the middle of that discussion before we went on the break. But uh, you can join us with your questions as well if you run a business. You're looking. For investors, I'm sure there are some questions on your mind. You can join us on phone. It's 0302216541, 0302216541, or send us a message on WhatsApp, 055 And so uh, we'll await that. But meantime, back to our discussion with Dennis Brown. And, and so... Yeah, I, we're talking about terms and conditions uh, and all of that. I, I also wanted to find out uh, my question uh, during these times, as I indicated, is really difficult for uh, people to just give their monies to any business uh, because of obviously the situation we are facing with the economy. So um, question is, is there money out there for, uh, for people to invest in the business, in businesses? Yeah, I'll say that there's money out there. To the extent that there are people that are in, in, into the business of providing capital, uh-huh. there's money out there. The difference is that uh, in and around this time, your business plan and business model will really be tested, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's a post-COVID recovery uh, thing. Everybody's going through it. It's been very challenging. The economy uh, appears to be, you know, uh, suffering as well. So, um Providers of capital will be very much interested in seeing that all these things have been factored into your business plan and that what you have in there is not a set of fanciful ideas because everyone is going through and so everyone is aware that businesses, you know, uh, going forward are going to have to fill the crunch a bit. So if we look at your business plan and you seem to be on, on an island on your own in, in, in a very nice place, expecting that you'll be, you know, doubling revenue every year. That obviously will be will be questioned and will be scrutinized, and uh, chances are investors, you know, will not take you serious if you haven't taken time to take these conditions uh, into account. You haven't taken time to factor them into your business plan. That is what will make it difficult for you to access capital. But capital is there. Private equity firms are still uh, raising funds, and some of them are sitting on large funds. Except that before they invest, before they jump, they will look, look, look. Uh, and listen, 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 <laughs> and probably even fail as well, you know, before they, they do that. So the scrutiny will be, will be you know, far, far more around this time. And, and the other thing I also wanted to ask under equity funding is uh, the fear by um, most businesses or some small businesses that 
the company will be taken over by the investor because they have maybe representation on the on the board. Um, is that uh, something to be concerned about? Um, you know, I, I don't think some, that's something to be to be concerned about because up until you decide to go for equity capital, you you would have you know the control of your business, and you can then decide how you want to structure the deal. So you can you can uh, allow for let's say significant minority to come in, right, and still own let's say fifty one percent if your 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 the whole the whole objective for you is to retain control. Of your business now i talked about private equity firms mm -hmm. and i did indicate that these are uh, firms with people that have expertise that can help if you partner them can help you grow right they don't they don't seek to be in your business forever they don't seek to be in your business forever typically they look at a time frame of between let's say five to seven years right but the sort of value they bring to you including the expertise they bring on board can help you grow and at the point where they are exiting, you would have achieved substantial growth. If you have the, 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 the capital or the financial muscle, you can buy them out because they are seeking to exit anyway. So you can look at that angle. If your issue is the business, your business, somebody will take over your business, then you can look at private equity, even if they come in with, you know, a majority. And, and some of them have their investment of there. Some of them want to do significant minority. Except that you give them representation on the board, of course, because they own part of your business. But, in, you know, the most important is that they will help you along the journey to grow because it's also in their interest to grow their investment. And so at the, at the point where you are exiting, you would have, you know, you'd have grown uh, substantially and you can organize to buy them out. Mm -hmm. If, you know, your issue is that you have a bit less control than you expect. And, and usually with these kinds of um, arrangements, is there a duration uh, to wait? Let's say, well, you're coming to invest in this company uh, over a period of uh, these years and after after which we have to revise whatever agreement that we have. Yes, all, all of that can be can be sorted out in the sort of contracts that you sign, right? So you can sign an equity deal, right? But you can include in there that after three years, I mean, there are all sorts of uh, forms of, of, that, of that, that, that in which that deal can come. Somebody can say, I'm, I'm giving you 200,000 for 10% uh, over a period of four years. If I'm able to uh, recover my investments, right, through the profits that you repatriate to me as an equity holder, I'll drop to 10%. It can be indicated and you can sign on to it. At the point of signing the contract, you have control. So you can determine which term you like which time you don't like it. if it's so too stringent for you then maybe that partner is not for you and so you can look elsewhere you can see, consider other options so all those things can be taken care of with a with the kind of contract that you sign in terms of equity capital and again in terms of equity capital i mentioned private equity firms that mm -hmm. they don't seek to be there forever so they seek to be in there for a set period typically between five to seven years and their objective is to grow their capital so they are not so interested in you know regular repatriation of profits to them they would rather have the profits re-injected back into the business to you know continue growing to inject growth so that at the time that they are exiting they will normally have an investment objective my objective would be that if i invest today when i'm exiting i should exit at four times mm -hmm. which means that if i put twenty-five thousand in the business today in four five seven years when i'm exiting i should be able to exit at hundred thousand Okay. okay, that's what they, 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 they like to do. So they don't want to stay in, in there for, 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 for forever. So that's also an option. Anything else we need to know? Yes, uh, at this one, I think we need to quickly uh, look. We mentioned 
that at the due diligence, when we are talking about the process, we mentioned that at the due diligence stage, that's where a bit more detailed work is done by both uh, the capital, the equity capital providers and the debt capital providers. So at this point, it's important we look a bit, we look, we look, we look closely at what, what the key considerations are for them at that stage. Because that stage is probably the most important for you know the contract is the most important in the, in the entire process right. because it's post the due diligence state that they they are like they are then going to make you a final offer which is binding or not at that point they can decide they, they are not they are not doing it okay let, let me just interrupt you mm -hmm. and just read a few of the messages uh, mm -hmm. that have come through uh, this one says hello daryl great show for an investor who is looking to place some funds uh just give me a few seconds to Okay, let's skip that. Let's go to this one. Hello, Daryl. How can one identify or find equ an equity investor? That's a message coming from Nana. Let's do the other messages. Uh, this one says, great presentation, very insightful. I've learned a lot uh, this afternoon, Duke from SNIT. Uh, let's read one more message. Uh, yeah, the one I couldn't do. That is, hello, Daryl. Great show for an investor who is looking to place some funds. Which option? will carry less risk, debt-based funding or equity-based funding. And that message coming from Winston, uh, who says he likes your submission as well. Okay. So on that on that uh, question you just asked, which one carries less risk? The one that carries less risk is debt, debt capital, right? Because the nature of it is that when you invest, mm -hmm. I mean, ordinarily, you are assured that you get your money. Okay, that's, how, that's the nature of the contract that it's not a function of whether the business is doing well or not. Mm -hmm. So whether the business is doing well or not, there's a signed contract that says that at these regular intervals, you have to pay me this amount, uh, failing which you can take them on. So that's, that's more assured, and that's why it carries less risk. Okay. But, you know, if you invest in equity, that means that you are investing to own a part of the business. And so uh, if the business is not making profit, you bear the risk, like you own it. You know, so that's 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 riskier, if you ask me. But it, it's a it's a risk and reward thing. All right, it's it's riskier, but it to turn up to be you know uh, more rewarding. How could one identify or find equity investor? <laughs> <laughs> so I talked about the various types of equity uh, investors. In fact, uh, I mentioned the third one, which is strategic investor, which are other businesses seeking to invest equity. Right, those ones. I mean, you every every company then is a strategic. 